Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! <laughs> Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 80, yo, and tonight, for the first time ever, I'm going to have a guest joining me for the crapshoot. Wow, who's it going to be? Well, you're going to find out soon enough, goddammit. And this international man of mystery and myself will be discussing a movie out of New Zealand called the Devil's Rock. Rock, rock, the Devil's Rock. And in the meantime, I got a couple of quickie reviews of some new releases for you and um, all kinds of fun stuff. So are you ready? Then let's go. Greetings from the cockpit, everyone. This is the host and captain of the Seder Sphere podcast with a special message just for you. I'm Seder69, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you. <laughs> the Seder Sphere podcast is the personal musings of a dirty old goat, namely me. Expect talk about theater, role-playing games, hockey, and my best friend down below, the Impaler. Also, join Patrick for his favorite segment, the Mystery Musical. There's a lot of scary shit on Broadway, trust me. So hopefully we'll hear you soon at the Seder Sphere. Until then, this is the Seder. Over and out. <laughs> Hi, everybody. See, I told you I was going to get another episode out to you before the big day. What do you mean the big day? Well, for those of you who haven't tuned in before, I'm scheduled for uh, surgery tomorrow, Thursday, April 4th, to get my deviated septum fixed. And I have to tell you, kids, I'm actually really nervous. I don't normally get nervous about surgical procedures, oddly enough, but for some reason, this one's getting under my skin a bit. And uh, I'm a little antsy. I'm antsy in my pansies, as opposed to just crabby in my labby. Yeah. What? I don't know. Anyway, I don't know what I have to be frightened about, really. I'm in the hands of a competent surgeon. I know the recovery's not going to be so bad, and I'm going to feel a hell of a lot better afterwards, but still, I'm nervous. Oh, the other reason I have no reason to be frightened of the surgery is because I've already faced the most terrifying thing of all. My high school reunion. Yeah, that was two weeks ago, and that was some serious shit, yo. Girl, it wasn't even a full reunion. It was just a reunion of the drama club. But it was being held at the school, at my old school, in the cafeteria of all places. And I was like, oh my god. It's bad enough it's going to be in that school, but it's going to be under fluorescent lighting. Are you people crazy? We're all in our 40s now. We don't need any fluorescent lighting. This is the drama club. Believe me. We all know how to work our concealer, and concealer does not work in fluorescent lighting. What the hell? 
Yeah, so it was two weeks ago. And for those of you who don't know, I went to an exclusive all-boys Catholic school that was taught primarily by Marianist monks. Or brothers, I should say. They never called themselves monks. I don't know. what They were brothers, and there was a couple of priests scattered around. And this place was pretty brutal. And crazy and creepy in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, the academic policy was super strict. The discipline was very strict. The religious clergy who would cruise you when you were in the showers during you know gym class was really creepy and happened a lot. It was just weird how many of the religious people just happened to be having to pass through the locker room whenever it was shower time. And they always had something to ask you about that last quiz. And you're just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I'm, I'm soaping my genitals right now. But then again, you're quite aware of that, aren't you, sir? Yeah, so Mr. Brad was not going. You people are just going to be obnoxious, and I'm not going to know any of these folk, and none of you are going to want to talk to me anyhow, so I'm just going to stay home and play with my balls. Which he did. Good for him. Keeps him occupied. So I rode, took the train out to Long Island by myself, to the glorious town of Mineola, Long Island. A place of my roots. Now, I was meeting some friends. There are a couple of, uh, of us have kept in touch. My friend Michael, my friend Georgianne. Granted, she did not go to Chaminade because, as I said, it was a boys' school. But she was one of the girls who came in and did shows. Now, one of the perks of being in the drama club when you were at Chaminade was that that was the only club that got to socialize with girls. But really, everybody was gay, so who the hell cared? But it looked good for your record to be like, I've got all these friends who are girls, Mr. Football Guy. And they let me do their hair. But that they, he didn't need to know that. He didn't need to know that. So I took the train by myself, and it's about a six-block walk to the school. And it was amazing how quickly it was all coming back to me. And it was St. Patrick's Day. And I got in there early. And I'm like, I'm not ready to go. I'm not ready to go over there. I don't want to go over there until it's time. I don't want to be hanging around the school. I don't even know where I'm going. I don't remember where the cafeteria is, for God's sake. Or do I? Both prospects frightened me. One involved wandering around the hallowed halls of Chaminade High School for boys by myself in the dark. Or wandering around the halls of Chaminade in the dark not by myself. And it was all bad. So I said, I need a drink. Mama needs a drink. And there's this little pub by the train station. I figured, oh, it should be, it's a commuter pub. There won't be anybody in there. No, 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 no. St. Patrick's Day, drunk frat girls or sorority girls of all ages packed into this place. Woo, I'm so drunk. I don't know how I'm going to get home. Oh, my crap. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh my god, I can't handle this. I just want one drink to relax, and this is not going to help me re- relax. And here's the thing I was in there two minutes. I hadn't even gotten my drink yet, and a fat Long Island cougar lady was hitting on me. I ordered my drink, and before it came, she just turned to me, and she's got like one fake eyelash half on. The other one is fun, but, you know, she's got, like, the cat's eye thing with her eyeliner, and she's orange, and she's got Long Island hair, which, if you don't know, is like a poodle, but eight inches off the head. It hasn't changed since 1983. 
the style. She's got the nails that are like six inches long, and you know they're press-ons. And she's doused in whatever. You know, she's smelling like, I don't know, emerald and booze and desperation. And she just turns me on her stool. She swivels around kind of slowly, more like an orbit than a swivel. <laughs> and she goes, ha. She goes, hi, you're cute. And I just wanted to go, you're gross. Or I'm gay. And I'm just like, thanks. Chuck, need another one. Okay, so it's getting on to 6 o'clock. It's time for me to start the long walk over to Chaminade Academy for Boys. And it's raining. It's a little bit of a mist. And it's foggy. So it's creepy. Anyway, and I'm amazed at how quickly all of this is coming back to me. The route, I'm like, okay, yep, yep, yep. It's a zigzag route to get to the school. And then you have to cross this big park to get there. And then I started to cross the park and... Over the hills, over the top of the trees, rising out of the mist, I begin to see the roof of the main building of Chaminade Academy for Boys. Now, you got to understand, this place was huge back then. We had 3,000 students for a high school, which is a lot Considering you know they came from you know people commuted two hours to go to this exclusive school, and it's only gotten bigger, and it just starts to loom up over the mist as the sun is setting, so it's getting dark, and there's Shamanon. And as I'm walking, I realize I have been chanting for I don't know how many. As soon as that thing came into sight, and I'm walking, and it's only getting more huge and I'm thinking was it always this big has it gotten bigger it's going to eat me but I'm walking and I'm just chanting like a crazy person oh my god shamanad oh my god shamanad oh my god shamanad oh my god shamanad over and over and over and I'm glad there was nobody in the park as I would have been stranger danger amundo which is fozzy talk from Happy Day, so I don't know why I'm even using it. And I realized this invitation didn't tell us what door to go in, because there's 85 of them. I don't see any cars anywhere. And what crosses my mind, I'm like, this is not an actual reunion. This is the setup for a massacre. This is somebody I used to pick on. Matt Canzanari. Matt Canzanari probably said this all up because I stuffed him in the locker every day for about two years. And we're all going to die. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Or I'm going to die because I appear to be the only one here and there's no lights on in this gigantic building. But I finally found a door that was open. Or rather, I was skulking about trying to find the way in and suddenly a door creaks open and there's one of those creepy Marinus brothers popping his head up going, can I help you? And I was like, ah, and I ran away. I did actually. I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. No, 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 I'm fine, 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 fine. And I kind of had to compose myself. I said, Patrick, this is behind you. They have no power over you anymore. None of them. Because I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm late. Now, because now it's 6.15, I'm going to get a tardy slip. I'm not wearing proper shoes. I'm going to get demerits. I don't have a tie. Oh, no. So I pull my shit together and I finally go in. And the rest of the crew had already assembled in the fucking cafeteria. There was some other sort of function going on. So it was a whole thing. And 
they all saw my face and they're like, ah, ha, ha, they're laughing. They're like, trust me, trust me, it'll pass. It'll pass. It's a lot to take in. And it was. It was a lot to take in. And normally I'm used to taking a lot in at once, you know, like a lot in, sometimes two at once. But, you know, this was a lot to take in. And yes, that wasn't innuendo. No, that wasn't an innuendo. That was flat out filth. And it turned out to be a lovely evening. Mike, Michael was there. Dojan was there. My friend Mike Bruno now teaches there for the love of God. My friend Kevin, who I haven't seen since the dawn of time. Marjorie and Amy. It was great. It was great. And I saw that we had to go through the cafeteria line to get A, our food, and B, our booze. I'm like, this is this is surreal. This, and then the guy who was a bartender didn't know how to make anything. He's like, ah, I can't find the scotch. Which one of these is the scotch? I'm pointing. I'm like, it's that one. That one. He's like, is this this one? I'm like, yes, it's that one. Are you sure? Let me look over. I'm like, just open any fucking bottle and pour me the, all of it. Pour me everything that's in the bottle. Just pour it in and give me a straw. Or don't give me a straw. Just pour it directly in my throat. I don't care. Whew. It's a good thing I got. That gigantic cocktail, because when I got back to the table with my food, I realized that this older gentleman at the table was my old German teacher, Brother Hartz, who was my nightmare. I have nightmares about German class to this day, and I didn't recognize him because he's older and he lost some weight. And all of a sudden, he's like, so do you remember anything from German class? And I'm like, huh? Huh? And then I'm like, oh, no, it's Bruder Hartz. It's Bruder Hartz. I, I don't know what I'm saying, I eat. But the one thing that was really sad about the whole thing is that when I saw that we were going to go through the line to get cafeteria, it was it was catered, but still we had to go through the cafeteria line to get food with a tray. I said, oh my God, wouldn't it be wonderful? I said to Michael, I'm like, wouldn't it be wonderful if that woman was still serving? He goes, what woman? Said, you know, that woman, that woman who only knew one word of English, and he starts paying, he goes, with? I'm like, yes, the with woman. This woman was amazing. She only knew one word of English, and that word was with. And she, <laughs> and she had this little teeny tiny high voice. You'd be going through the line, you just hear over and over again, with, 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 with. Which was supposed to mean, do you want whatever she is holding out? She was in charge of the side dishes. So, you know, she would have, you know, usually potatoes. So it was not surprising that in senior year, we discovered that she learned a second word of English. And that word was potato. So she, we would go by and she'd go, with. Used to be, used to be, she'd go by and go, with. But now she goes, with potato. With potato. With potato. And the thing was, it didn't matter what she was serving. It was always potatoes. Even if it wasn't. You could, she could have had green beans. She could have had stuffing. She could have had rice. She would always say, with potato. And I miss that woman wherever you are. She made my day every day. <laughs> and it wasn't even a mean mockery of her. She was just adorable. It was adorable. With potato. <laughs> She's holding roast beef. It was... <laughs> But it turned out to be a great night. I got shit-faced. We had to sit through some god-awful show. My god, we were, these, were we this bad? Of course we were. Of course we were. It's so funny. We're now all theater professionals out of this ridiculous high school program. And it was a fun night. And nobody died, to my knowledge. And uh, hopefully, you know, we all said we're going to stay in contact. But, you know, y'all know how these things go. Yeah, we'll do brunch. We'll do lunch. And then the days go by and you just don't. And that's uh, sad, but it's also life. So, 
I saw some movies this week that I want to talk about really quickly because they are important films. First of all, let's get it right out of the way. I saw the Evil Dead remake already. Yeah, 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 because I'm that important. Yeah, I got to go to a, a Fangoria free screening of it on uh, last night, on Tuesday night, and I took Mr. Brad, who had not seen the original because he just is stupid that way. He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. No, I just want to watch Designing Women over and over again because that's what he does because he's Southern and he's gay. And apparently that's what Southern gays do all day long. But is that the point right now? No, we're going to talk about the Evil Dead movie. Now, I realize when you're listening to this, it might not be fully out yet, fully released. I'm not spoiling anything. I'm just going to say I had a good time. Is it flawed? Yeah. Uh, is it the original? No. The What I like about it is that it's not really trying to be. Yeah, it's got echoes of the original, but it takes it in its own new direction. And that's a good thing, and sometimes it's a bad thing. Um the gore is great. It's it's fairly serious. It's got why 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 is it that every time we we make a, a classic horror movie, it's got to involve some kind of drug plot now? Like Texas Chainsaw, they were smuggling pot in Friday the Thirteenth. There was that whole pot field, and now this one was all about detoxing somebody from heroin. And I'm like, okay, I guess modern kids just love drug stories. Uh, the problems that I had with it were most mostly problems of a modern horror movie. Was that there was too much backstory. There was an unnecessary opening scene. Uh, featuring characters that didn't need to be there. Uh, they not only changed the mythos, which I didn't like, but they expanded on it, and they actually wound up stealing ideas from Cabin in the Woods, which was weird because Cabin in the Woods was borrowing from Evil Dead in the first place. But, you know, I'm not going to go into detail about that because it's not out yet. And uh, I didn't like the ending. But you know what? Since I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks... I want to know what you think, because I know you're all going to be flocking to see it, regardless of what I say. Please call in, write in, let me know what you thought of the Evil Dead remake. Okay, okay. Now, the other movie that I got to see, another free screening the day before on April Fool's Day, was an Irish slasher movie called Stitches. So, Stitches is the story of a clown, a birthday clown, like the worst birthday clown ever, who at this kid's 10-year-old birthday party, he's just tormented by these little fucking brats. They're horrible, horrible, spoiled, disgusting kids. He winds up dying in a freak accident. And then six years later, his, I don't know, not ghost, but he comes back for revenge. From, he comes back from the dead for revenge at another birthday party and kills them all one by one. This movie was great. I highly recommend Stitches. I'm not going to tell you much about it because, again, it's not wide release yet, and I really, really got a kick out of it. My caveat is see it with a group. I'm not sure if it's going to be as funny if you watch it by yourself because a lot of the stuff is corny, and it's kind of making fun of those stupid puns that Freddie would say back in those you know, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. But I laughed the whole time. It's funny. It's gross. It's scary. And here's my judgment on it. Uh, um, Stitches the Clown's catchphrase is, Everybody happy? You know, he says that at the parties. It's even on his tombstone. And at the end of the movie, you know, it blacks out. The credits start to roll. And just as they put up the name, Stitch, you know, the title, Stitches, you heard his voice go, Everybody happy? And the entire audience shouted out, Yes! And cheering and clapping. And that, my friends, is... 
is the definition of a good movie. If we just all spontaneously answered your question in a positive manner. Um, Stitches. Check it out. Watch it with friends. If it comes to the movies, see it with a whole bunch of people. Don't watch it by yourself. And if you've seen Stitches, let me know what you think. I would love to know. And uh, that much said, we're going to get on to the main body of the show now uh, with our crapshoot review, which, again, is the only thing we've got for you. It's the only thing I've got for you this week just because I'm really stressed out and I've got tons to do and I'm not getting any of it done. But however, since you guys are super important to me, I wanted to get something out to you like I promised. So this is what you got. And I think you're going to like it. And uh, be sure to stick around because I do have voicemail at the end this time. And I'll see you on the other side of the crapshoot. Hello, my name's Mia, and this is my friend, Hozzy Bear. Hello. I'm not very well, and this is the Chelsea and Westminster Hospital where I'm going to get better. I'm going into hospital, to hospital, to hospital. I'm going into hospital, I don't know what it's for. It's where you go if you stub your toe, you're feeling off. You've got a cough. Or break your leg. Or bump your head. A smelly bum. A poorly tongue. You're feeling hot. You've got a spot. You're full of snot. You a lot. Here, let me show you more. I've got a magic book that will show you what's going to happen. Look, Mia. There's the hospital and lots of people like you arriving. I'm going into hospital, to hospital, to hospital. I'm going into hospital. What do I need to bring? Take a look in the magic book. Let's take a look in the magic book. You won't forget a thing. Hold on to your pampers, bitch asses. It's time for the crap shoot. <laughs> Paul. 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 Okay, for those of you who've been listening for a really long time, know that the crapshoot is the segment of the show where I dive headfirst into that vast sea of direct-to-DVD horror movie releases in search of that diamond in the shed pile. Did I find it this week? Or is it just a really rock-hard turd? No, we're going to cut that. That didn't come out right. Well, I don't know. Well, we're talking about some (laughs) kind of rock, and the rock is the devil's rock. (laughs) Oh, God almighty, let's just take a listen to the trailer already. You're safe now. I can take you from here. Jesus, Jesus Christ. We leave now. Give me ten minutes, John. You are indeed. A long way from her. You may not believe this, but you and I are in the same boat. Who is that woman out there? I know you're listening. If only you knew the truth of that. One does not summon demons without the means to defend oneself against them. I can be this way for you always. I curse thee into the depths of the bottomless pit, there to remain until the day of wrath. Release me. 
What were you expecting, my love? The devil. Wow, so this movie's got demons versus Nazis. How could you possibly go wrong? Well, I'll tell you how you can go wrong. You can go wrong by not having a super special guest on to talk about the movie with you. Oh my God, Patrick, you have a guest for the crapshoot? Yes, I do, goddammit. And it's a really cool one, so hold on to your hats, kids, because ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here he is, the one, the only, the delicious, nutritious, from the Bloody Good Horror Podcast, Mr. Casey Friswell. How you doing? That's a, that's a big intro to live up to. I'm kind of excited. That's, well, hey, I, like I said before we went on the air, if I invited you on the show, you're a freaking rock star to me. <laughs> Fuck the rest of them. Well, I've... I feel like it, so you did a good job. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Wait till you hear my music choice for you. <laughs> so, Casey Griswold, how the hell are you doing this fine day? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I realize I've overbooked myself for the next week, so we had to do this tonight or it was not going to happen. Ladies and germs, I got to tell you, Casey and I have been trying to do this for, like, what, six months? Yeah, it's this been crazy. Movie. It, like since 1984, Casey and I have been trying to get together to talk about this movie. He's busy. I'm busy. I'm diapers. busy. He's busy. It's so bad. It's so bad. So I kind of really, really hope it was worth it, Casey. I yeah, I think I think we'll have a good time at least. Okay, well that much definitely. First of all, Casey, why don't if if you can just give me like a brief synopsis of what's going on in this movie, like a basic plot summary. Okay, so uh, this movie it revolves around a. Um, I believe it's a pair of, as the IMD puts it, Kiwi Commandos, which I thought you know was kind of a nice title there. But uh, New Zealand uh, Commandos during World War II coming upon a uh, German gun emplacement, and there's kind of a bunker, a hidden bunker that they find that they decide to explore. And once they get in there, they actually uncover a pretty darker side of the German army. And you know, to not get too spoilery, but uh, they they get a lot more. Than they bargain for once they get down into the bunker here. Okay, that's a pretty good start. That's a pretty good start. Yeah, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. These guys are, are from New Zealand. They're they're staking out a location in the Channel Islands the day before D Day. It, it's something right. like the, the whole plan was that the British Army was having like random invasions on these little islands before D Day to just distract from the bigger invasion. Anyway, it's not really the point. They wind up on this creepy island that's pretty much deserted. They have one job. It's to go put uh, lay some dynamite on the cannon that's at this keep. Is that the word? A good word for it? That it was a keep. Yeah, I think so. Because I was trying to. It was very keepish, at least. <laughs> like, is it a fortress? No. Is it a bunker? Kind of, but the the structure was creepy as hell. I'm like, I, that's, I don't know what that was. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. They had it was very of, expansive underground, though. I could say that. So I don't know what that would very qualify expensive. as. Very expensive. Um, yeah, so they're they're just supposed to put this dynamite on the thing and get the hell out. But while they're doing this, they keep hearing screaming. Men screaming, women screaming, coming from this weird structure. And the lead guy is nosy McNosy pants. <laughs> yes. At this point, I was, was that- kind of, I was kind of unsure about the movie. Because I don't, yeah. 
I don't know how much you listen to my show, but I have a big thing about my new the genre of movie that I, I discovered called This One Bitch Movie. Where <laughs> everything bad happens because of the actions of this one bitch. Everybody dies because yeah. of this one bitch. Everybody wants to kill this one bitch, and usually everybody dies except this one bitch. There's that certain turning point where him and his buddy, they're standing at the door, and the buddy's like, no. Just we've done the mission. Let's go. It was the one smart guy we've seen in one of the in most horror movies these days. The one smart guy that says that doesn't sound good. Let's get out. Yeah. And it's it's it was the buddy guy, the buddy guy who actually I knew already. No spoiler. No spoiler. Like You knew this guy was going to die because like the first thing out of his mouth when they land on the beach pretty much was like, you know, I got a date tomorrow. I want to get back to my woman that I met. I'm like, he's dead. He's dead. (laughs) Yeah, they telegraph that one. Yeah, so you know he doesn't have long to live. But I like these guys. I like both these guys. But this, um, the other guy's like, right, right, well, just five minutes. And the lead guy goes to poke (laughs) around in the underground tunnels of this bunker for the longest five minutes ever, completely forgets about his friend, and shit goes down. Because they're just fine. Well, he's he's exploring. The other guy eventually is like, fuck, I have to go in now and find out what's going on. They discover pretty much everybody there is dead. And not just like a little bit dead, like really, really, really dead. <laughs> yeah, dead, dead. Like torn apart to pieces dead and like five minutes ago. Like whatever just went down just happened. Now, I, I just want to take a minute. Just, 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 I just want to throw something out here. Get off topic a bit. Casey, what do you think of this movie? Yes. So this movie, I didn't, I hadn't actually heard of this movie when, when Patrick hit me up for it. So I didn't know exactly what to expect. And you look, it's funny because I didn't look at IMDb before we watched that. And you uh-huh. saw so an IMDb, if you look at the cover that's on the IMDb, mm-hmm. it's a pretty cool looking cover. And, you, and that makes the movie a lot more interesting. If you look at the cover that's on Netflix where we watch this movie, it's nothing but a chick in a German army uniform with you know with their cleave hanging out. Yeah, so it, you didn't know what to expect. It, I saw it on Netflix a lot and completely dismissed it because that cover art yeah. is horrible. It looks like that the the bimbo that what Sandra Bullock's husband got busted running around with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, the Nazi porn star girl. That's it exactly looks, it what looks she looks like. looks like her. That's what they were going for. So I thought this was going to be a huge piece yep. of shit. I really enjoyed the hell out of this. I really like this movie too. It's once you get in there and you know there's there's some serious acting going on here because a good chunk of this movie is two guys playing off of each other yeah. essentially. Yeah, eventually like yeah. The, the sidekick does get killed. Um, by this the, the lone surviving Nazi that's still at this installation. And he captures the main dude. And for a long time, it's a chess match between the two yeah. of them. And it's really good. And you see these movies like this, and this is obviously, it's a low-budget movie and whatnot. It's, it's not low enough that it looks like a shot on camcorder. Or Actually, it looks like really that, good. But it's just, it looks really good. Yeah. It does look really good for for what it for what it is, and it's you know obviously direct to video and whatnot. And usually you see two actors in in some of the direct videos when they're playing off of each other like that, and the whole focus is on them. It kind of slows down and tends to bog down. But these two guys really kind of suck you into it. I kept forgetting that it was a supernatural movie. I got into yeah. the whole war thing so much, and it was so well done. And when all of a sudden you heard like the demon screaming outside, you're like, oh my, oh fuck, oh right, right, right. That's what this is about. <laughs> Shit, you guys, you guys. Oh, yeah, there's still more to this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so basically, uh, not to spoil too much, we all know that the Germans, 
the Nazis started dabbling in the occult. That's well documented. Right, and that's what was going on. We've all seen a Hellboy. Exactly. We've all seen Hellboy. And this is the Hellboy that didn't work very well. They <laughs> they summoned a demon and now they can't control it. Ooh, I don't know how much to talk about the demon because I kind of thought this was neat. Yes. It, it was a nice way to get around huge special effects but still be effective. Yeah, they did a really – that's a perfect way to put that because they did do this in a tricksy way, as Gollum would say. It, uh, they, they used this, the, the demon's powers to get away from having to put all that money into the effects, and it worked out really well. Yeah. When they did show the effects for a demon effects, then it was pretty well done too for what it was. I thought – yeah. I, it I've was seen simple. Of, I've seen a lot of people busting on them for the demon effects. But first of all, I liked it because they were practical and not CGI. Yeah. There was something about the simplicity of it too that worked. You know, you could see the act, the the performer under it really well, which was necessary because this is not just a raving monster. This demon has to act. Right. It didn't bother me. It looked like the pictures you saw in the book. Oh yeah, it did. Yeah, Very it kind of so. looks like when you think of a demon from those old wood sketches, wood carvings. That's exactly what you think of. And and like you said too, the simplicity, the the actress that is playing this demon is going. There's a lot of emotion going on in her face and whatnot as she's in doing the demon stuff, and it worked really well because she did a pretty good job of putting herself in, the, you know, out there, and it carries through real well because the makeup's so simple. She's not covered up with a bunch of prosthetics and whatnot. Right, right. Although, did you notice her iron nipples? Yes. She had iron spike nipples. It, they were kind of <laughs> hard to miss. That was serious business. That was because she's naked, which which I actually wasn't <laughs> expecting from this actress because she was so classy. But um, what was I going to say? <laughs> I can leave this in or leave this out. But <laughs> I don't know if you noticed in the later scenes when, you know, it's just her and the, and the main guy left. And they're having all those yeah. intimate face-to-face scenes. You can see all the acne on her face. Oh yeah, <laughs> from that from all that hard makeup. I'm like, oh girl, yeah. oh oh, because <laughs> she goes back and forth a lot. But um, but to the makeup guys, you know, credit you could see the acne on her face. You couldn't see the seams in the uh, prosthetics. No, no, actually, you couldn't. That's totally true. That's totally <laughs> true. But there was so much in this movie that I really liked, like just the setting, which I started to allude yeah. to before. The keep or the structure looked so not normal. Like as soon as you, I saw it, I thought there ain't nothing good. Going on in there, they did a really good job of shooting this too. Why when they they kind of do a lot, like a little walking shot as they come in there, and, and you see the the two Kiwi guys are walking through in the beginning, and they're showing you the environs, and they're going down hallways and stuff like that. But they do a good job of shooting it to where they make a couple turns in hallways and stuff like that, and pretty soon you're kind of lost, and you know they're in their ways, but you don't know how deep into this bunker yeah, they and are. You can tell it's a freaking maze under there. I love yeah. all those scenes in the tunnel. For a couple of yeah, reasons. Very much First so. of all, the shape of the tunnels was weird. They were almost egg-shaped. Yeah. So, like, between the the way the building looked and these tunnels, like, they didn't feel right. They just felt right. alien. And combine it. Sorry, go. I was going to say, I was going to say, if you, once you combine it with that weird shape and whatnot, which is unsettling, and then all the twists and turns and stuff, and they kind of, they really set up to make you feel isolated. <laughs> And make you feel that these guys are really isolated in there and there's not an easy way out of it all. Right. And the lighting in there is really sparse. And the thing that I thought that they did was genius. The light, the little light that you had didn't seem to carry very far. So whenever they would get to an intersection or so, it just, it went to blackness. 
down the hallway and not very far down the hallway. So you always had this feeling that there was something horrible not too far away. And then later on, once they get, once we start getting our, our demon lady involved and stuff like that, they, they use that darkness in her, and she used that darkness as well really well, too, stepping in and out of it and whatnot and obscuring parts of it and whatnot. Yeah. The lighting was really kind of impressive for yeah. such a low-budget flick. I thought so, too. They, they actually made the darkness a bit of a character. Yeah, very It was much very so. present. It was very present. I was very aware of how dark this fucking hall – it would be really bright where they were standing, but five feet away, you couldn't see a thing. <laughs> yep. And it was – and, and after a while, too, you get all the – you get all these – hard stone walls you know and gray concrete everywhere and whatnot and then after a while it all feels cold clinical and then you get all these shadows and you don't know what's in there mm-hmm. and that makes it even more unsettling mm-hmm. yeah there was a little bit of cgi but i thought it was well done yeah it wasn't too uh it wasn't it wasn't fantastic but it wasn't like glaringly bad either it wasn't distractingly bad but i, I also think yeah. they used it a lot on the on the um <sighs> Like on the exterior shots, you know, like the land when they were landing those ocean shots and just the way the sky was, I think they used it there and it looked they did it well. Yeah, it made it look exp- they did it well. The opening shot of them rowing towards the island is gorgeous. Yeah, and he, and it's one of those things because you know with the budget they're working on, they're not going to get a practical shot of that because it's going to cost too much money to rent, find, dig up these old World War II boats and stuff like that. So that, you know, it's it's something that they had a need for and they made it fit in well. Mm. Instead of just saying we don't want to bother with this, let's just you know make it all CGI. So you know they made some. I think they made some strategic choices in how they were going to use this stuff, and they made good choices. I think there. so too. I also think they used or they discovered a really gross thing to do with the can opener. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that can opener keeps. Forgot keep, about that. It keeps moving around in the movie, like it keeps coming up, and somebody else has it, and then it moves. I'm like something really awful is going to happen with that can opener, and it does. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, well, so- looking at notes there. I, I was going to jump in there and say I liked it. one of the things I liked about this with our with our big bad here, our mon- our monster and our demon and whatnot. They use a lot of times, you know, you see uh, in movies that are using any kind of demonology and demons as their monster and everything. They're they're really over the top and blatant, and you know, oh, ooga booga, we're going to get you and stuff like this. And this uh-huh. was a lot more subtle, I thought, and I, which made it more effective. And she was. She was using tricks and whatnot that a demon would use, but there she was using them as kind of a more of a cerebral demon uh-huh. on how she was uh, going after this guy to freak him out and whatnot. And well, using... yeah, there comes this point, and it's not too late after he, he realizes what the situation is, that he knows she's tricking him. Yeah. No, he knows, yet he can't resist it. Neither one of them. Yeah, that was – I thought that was one of the – you know, that was to me when it – this movie really cemented in the fact that hey this is a pretty decent flick because it's got a good story going on there and it's that moment when you know when he realizes you know he just as much as he knows and wants to fight it he can't and it's it's woo <laughs> uh-huh. but i just i because it's almost a three character play it, yeah well it is pretty much but this this love triangle of sorts between the two the not the the uh the nazi the kiwi and the demon is really strong because things keep shifting because, you know, you got the guy, the two men who are enemies just uh, by nature, by politics, have to work together to fight this, yet neither one trusts the other. Both of them are, like, trying to right. scam each other. And then you throw the demon into the, who's going back and forth trying to do – it could have ended up in a million different ways. 
Yep. And they got a really good three-way dance between the two of them too. So like we talked before, when it was the two guys, when it was the two guys, it was a chess match between them. And once they add in this demon, it doesn't really change that dynamic. It really becomes a three-person chess match. Uh-huh. Which in and it's they play off of the three of each other really well. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because because like I said, you're stuck with these three for the whole movie. And if one of them was off, it would have been terrible. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have a guest on for this segment is because I thought this movie is such a find. I wanted to tell another podcaster. <laughs> Make sure somebody yeah, yeah. watched it. Because that, that cover art would scare anybody off. Yep. The cover art on Netflix would scare anybody off. And if you go out to IMDb and look, it's only rated a 5.4, which I think is pretty low. That is pretty low. This would be a good 7.5 to me. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I guess be... if you're going in for the gore and lots of blood, you're not going to get it. Yeah, and when, and the free, you know the beginning of that movie, it's slower, and I can see where people, if they think they're getting a gory movie, they sit down, and they watch five minutes of that, and they're like, yeah, this is crap, and they're going to move on. But well, they you know, it's one of those things you got to give it that minutes. chance to get rolling. Yeah, they had me in the first five minutes. Like, yeah, I got all swept up in the war stuff because they had this whole thing about mines on the beach that was really suspenseful. Oh yeah, and again, I forgot yeah, what it was really about. There's another nice thing, too, though, is they don't really waste a whole lot of time setting all this up, which is nice. No, no, it pretty much starts and goes. Yeah, they they know their pacing and stuff. you got a couple minutes when they're first getting into the island. Once they get there, they're going. And, you know, you better hold on because it's, it's not going to be a roller coaster ride, but it's going to be a fun ride. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Okay, well, Casey Criswell, thank you so much for joining me. Where can people find you? I know you're doing all kinds of – I know you're mainly known for bloody good horror, but you've got some other stuff going on as well. Well, I'm over at Bloody Good Horror. You can check us out there weekly on the Bloody Good Horror podcast and whatnot. And you can find me at 1951downplace.com as well, which is my Hammer Horror podcast that I do with uh, two other podcasters. Uh, we do nothing, but we do a monthly show, and it's nothing but Hammer Horror, or Hammer Flicks. And it's not just Hammer Horror, actually. We've been covering everything from Sherlock Holmes to uh, Robin Hood, some of their action movies, all sorts of good stuff. Nice. Nice. Now, uh, Casey, I, I, I have to bring this up. You have Uh-oh. had some major personal changes going on. Am I correct? Yes. You yes, have I lost- have. I've had a. I've lost 105 pounds in the last year, so, so uh, I'm just over the year mark. So I've gone from 351. I'm now currently at 256. Slow I should say. Clap. Slow. <laughs> I was kind of. I was considering making a joke well, clear when after I introduced you and you're saying hi. I'd be like, Casey, Casey, are you here? I can hear you. <laughs> oh, you're so skinny now. I can't even see you. <laughs> but I am so proud it's of you, bit, Casey. It's been a big lifestyle change. It's cut down on my. Uh, it's cut down on my writing and stuff just because I upped my exercise significantly, but it's been worth it. It's been a, it's been a nice really? change. I have a feeling the next horror hound we're all at. I hope I have. A, I'm hoping that I don't get recognized. <laughs> uh huh. People are gonna be throwing themselves at you, and your wife gonna be like, "That's mine. <laughs> that is mine." So I just gotta say, Casey, your whole thing has been so inspiring to me. And you know, oh, when I get lazy, I look at your changes. I'm like, God damn it. And I get back into it. And just for just taking on that burden and making it work and inspiring me and other people, I got one thing to say to you, Casey Criswell. You are the Scream Queen of the Week. Bravo. Bravo. Oh, thank you. Bravissimo. Thank you. Bravo. You don't get a tiara, though. Oh, okay. No, that's just the way it is. Can I get, at least get like a feather boa? Or... No one's ever asked me that before. Sure. 
Why not? Oh, Since you ask so nicely, yes. I like People, to start. I like to set precedents. <laughs> I'm sure your wife will be thrilled. Anyway, thank you, Casey, <laughs> for joining me. Go out, check his shows. Casey's a cool guy, and I like him. And uh, Devil's Rock, I liked it. Well, thank, thanks for having me, Patrick. I liked it too. And this was, uh, and I told you we had fun. And we did. Yay! Fun is cool. As so often is the case lately here on the Scream Queens Horror Podcast, the best laid plans of Mice and Men got all fucked up again because I said I was going to do the voicemails that were backed up from last week, but unfortunately I have run out of time. Um, so I apologize to Chad and Trey and also to um, Edward and Phoenix. And I will get to you next time, I promise. I, I feel really bad, but... Um, it's time for me to be getting to bed and getting ready for tomorrow. So um, anyway, as you can hear, I'm not thrilled about it. But here are some of the plus things. The plus things that I have to say is that band that you just heard coming out of the Devil's Rock segment is a band I stumbled across on YouTube called Crucified Barbara. And I think these are some fierce, fierce, fierce ladies. I am really happy to so go check out Crucified Barbara. First of all, it's like my favorite band name possibly ever. It speaks to that Shamanot uh, High School Academy for boys who are Catholic sensibility and horrifies the shit out of it. And I like that. Um, I just want to tell you guys, what, 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 I don't know when I'm going to be back. You know I'll be back as soon as I can. Hopefully, even if I can't put out a full episode, I might be able to do some quickie one-shot things. But I don't know. Uh, you can help keep the show alive and going by sending in your voicemails or, or with your reviews of movies that you saw, recommendations, or just whatever. You know, maybe take the show into your own hands for a couple of weeks anyway. And, and I'll be there listening to everything and putting stuff up. Maybe I won't be able to comment on it and maybe that will be a good thing. I don't know. We shall see. Uh, so I don't know what else to tell you except until next time, kids. Continue to make the world a creepier place. And as my grandmama used to say, Boy, as long as you're going in to get surgery, you might as well ask them to get some extra work done.
Like maybe get that coochie yours refurbished. Cause that thing has gotten sloppy. Bye. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches! <laughs>